What's up, guys? Roy here, and you are listening to the Balanced Mail podcast series. Now, I'm really excited about this episode, guys. This episode isn't going to be a dad talk. It's just me. So, if you're wanting to listen to a dad talk or something, you can wait. I got another one coming up next week. But, um, but yeah, this one... Uh, this is going to be a fun one, and it's a beginning of something. And, you know, I started this podcast, geez, 2018, and the purpose of the podcast was, you know, one one was the dad talks. You know, I wanted to, to create a space for, you know, men to just talk about fatherhood and all that stuff, and that part's been great. Um, but it also was a part for me to just kind of share my story in just what I've seen, what I've learned, all sorts of stuff. And one of the things that's probably the biggest, no, it's the biggest part of my life, um, is religion, uh, church. Um, and you know, you guys, if you've been tuning in to the last few episodes and stuff, I've kind of like dip my feet into the waters of faith and sin and God and all that stuff. And, and you know what, what I've, what happened as I dove deep into telling my story and kind of talking about, you know, my history in church, just outpouring of just memories and emotions and feelings and things. And, and so I started writing them all down in the hopes of having something, I don't know, book or something. I don't know. I just felt that maybe I wanted to share that in that way because, you know, I would meet people that would hear little bits of my life and they're just like, man, that's, that's hilarious. That's crazy. That's wild. All that stuff. And so over the past few months, I've just been writing memories, experiences and things because, you know, because I wanted to share, but also, you know, as I've brought other people on to talk about church, I just noticed this feeling of like, you know, someone would say something and I would start talking and then I'm realizing that I'm rushing or I was missing something I wanted to say or something that was really funny or really cool or really, you know, like shocking. And just there wasn't time because I wanted to, you know, respect the person that was in front of me story and let him share and stuff like that. And so I kind of wanted to create this space on this podcast where I'm diving in deep to that. And so I'm kind I guess you could say I'm workshopping my book with you guys. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying that I'm writing a book. Isn't that weird? Like there's thousands of you. I'm writing a book, but anyway, I'm going to put that aside. Um, so yeah, I'm workshopping my book. And so I decided to kind of take what I've been writing, chunk it into little stories and chapters and kind of put them out as an episode. And I kind of, the loose title I've been thinking of is uh, for, for, well, for the book was it can't all be bullshit, right? <laughs> because, <laughs> because, you know, what I was a part of was this huge, crazy, wildly fantastic, fantastical, not fantastic, but it's fantastical thing. And, and I left it for so many reasons. And, you know, and in a lot of, a lot of times after, or for a good bit while I left, you just have this feeling. I had this feeling of it's just like, I'm never going to come back to it. Like it was all just crazy, wild, just there's no validity, no truth, nothing. Like I just wanted to be away from it. And then as as I got further away from it, I started to like be, I guess you could say I was nudged back into it. And I'm start, I started to be able to pick apart all this stuff. And I'm realizing that like there's like some truth in some of these things and I've been exploring that and I just got to this realization like yeah a lot of it was bullshit but but is it all right cuz there was some really awesome things that happened 
And so that's kind of where the title came from. But I've been kind of like wary of talking about it because, I mean, one, it's a very vulnerable thing. I mean, if, you know, well, Roy, you've been doing a podcast for three years and talking, but but it's very vulnerable to really dive into this because this has been something that has has felt lots of shame, lots of trauma, lots of hurt, lots of stuff like that. So it's like being in that state is very hard. But I know that like I created this space for people to share stories and, and it's a safe place for people. And so for me, it's a safe place for me to share it. And I think people, you guys will probably find some some help through it, some lessons through it. I don't know. You'll just find an enjoyable enjoyable story to listen and you might feel like, yeah, I went through the same thing. I'm not crazy. I'm not alone. So yeah, and so that's kind of I kind of why I'm stepping into this because I know that you know, it's this this is how we move past and like I was talking to my therapist today and it was just trying, he's like, it seems like you're just trying to take the church out of you. And that's kind of what I'm doing through telling my story. Um, But I do kind of like, there was a part of me that didn't want to share it because, you know, like disclaimer for those of you, like I, you know, I wasn't like, I don't know. I didn't think my trauma was cool enough. Um, cause you know, like I wasn't like, you know, you'll hear stories about church and religion and, you know, you get like people that are like doomsday churches that people were locked in, in bunkers for two years and, you know, stuff like that. Or, you know, every time they touched themselves, they were locked in a closet for a night with no food or water. And like, you know, none of that stuff happened to me really. So sorry guys. Um, but I realized that, 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 that I did, like, there is trauma that I'm dealing with and I've spent thousands of dollars in therapy going through because of what I went through. And trauma is still trauma. And it's a personal subjective thing. And so I wanted to kind of share that because not just to be like, woe is me, victimhood mindset, but I'm on the other side of it, really. And I've seen a lot and learned a lot. And I want to share it because I know that my church was huge. My church had thousands of people across the world. And there's probably people that are still are still dealing with it like me, but haven't found avenues through it or haven't been able to shake it. And I want to, I honestly want to help you guys that are there and to know that you're not alone, to know that there's a way through and stuff like that. So I want to share that for for that other reason too. So so here we go. It can't all be bullshit, right? Chapter 1. And so like what this what I'm going to focus this episode on is kind of the fact that we thought we were right. We thought we were the only one and everyone else was wrong and the second thing is that people were in charge of my salvation. Um, Because, you know, you you get to these points and you think that, like, you know, someone is saved. It's this personal experience. And, and yeah, it kind of is. But as you'll see as I get through this, this sort of episode is, like, kind of wasn't up to me whether I was saved or not. And that was the most – that's the one just fucking frustrating thing that I've had to, like – like think about and like remember so so here we go and and just to kind of like a couple of things I do want to mention first off is that this isn't the goal of this I know I'm kind of repeating this but I do want to reiterate that like this isn't going to be this tell-all like you know like what's it called that thing like whistleblower like story where people are going to go to like go to jail or I'm shaming other people. I'm not I'm not going to mention a lot of names, really any names. And and it's not that's not the the goal of this. There's enough people damning church, religion, faith, God that you can go somewhere else if that's what you know. If you're led to this episode cuz of that then, you know, you might want to head somewhere else. Um 
you know, it's really just the goal is, like I said, for me to share my story because, like I said, I'm on the other side of it. So it's just going to be kind of like sharing my story and there will be some wild stuff and some funny stuff, shocking stuff, hurtful stuff. But there is a lot of like, I'm hoping to share sort of the wisdom and the truth that I've found now that's helped me to kind of be okay with who I am, where I am, my walk with the divine um, faith, church, or God, all of that stuff. So, so here we go. That's, that's it. Um, so if you're still listening, cool, let's freaking go. Um, so I will tell, so like, I will tell you that the church, the church that I was a part of was called the International Churches of Christ. I've said it a couple times in case this is your first time listening or whatever. It was the International Churches of Christ. Some people call it the ICOC. And it was a movement started in the 70s and led by this guy named Kip McKean. And the purpose of it was really to... It wasn't just to spread the good news of Jesus or God, but really it was this movement to get back to what we called the first century church. So what I mean by the first century church is they would call the first century church Acts Acts church. So Acts is a book of the Bible and chronologically it takes place sort of after after Jesus had died and the disciples kind of moving or pushing or spreading the word of Jesus what he did with people. And it was this very, like, if you read through Acts, just a lot of, like, fired up people just trying to spread the word of God, living as Christians free of, of or fear of persecution and things like that. And so this guy who started it was, like, wanted to get back to biblical church, reading the church, reading the Bible, literally things like that, and wanted to create this movement of, this word sold out disciples. So, so in that, it just created this culture of what, what it was, was this, this movement of people saying, you know, we're right, you're wrong. This is why. And so that's kind of what, what I was in. And it wasn't like, for those of you, I, I wasn't like, met by someone and decided this is rad let me do it like i was born for those of you don't know i was born into this so my life was this from from birth till from birth on was this feeling of i'm a part of something where the world is wrong and i'm right that's pretty intense for like a kid to feel like you're the only one that's right and every single person you meet that doesn't that doesn't act like you, talk like you, think like you is wrong. That was super freaking intense. And and I don't know if I've ever really fully been able to process that, you know, but you know, that's all I heard. So, you know, we get to this, you know, I'm I'm living my life in this society that is very sort of intense, hyper-focused, etc. And I think in a lot of ways, it made me super uncomfortable with just, just, just life. I mean, how do you, how do you process that as a six-year-old kid that you're the only one? And so it was just it was just an intense life from the get-go. And I mean our church was huge. I mean our church had our own book publishing company. Our church had our own news network. Our church even there were members of the church that created this Broadway-style musical based on <laughs> one chapter in the Bible. Acts 2, and it was called Upside Down, <laughs> uh, all about just people spreading the good news of Jesus, and it was probably, uh, it was the wildest thing. And, you know, we had a couple of famous people that were part of our church, um, 
But yeah, it was big. And I was a part of it. So, so yeah, we were it, and it didn't matter what church you are, denomination, whatever. You All you guys were wrong. We were right. And I think that's... That's been the thing that I've let go the most, and I'll get into that later. Um, but you really learn sort of how intense it was in uh, when you decided that you wanted to get baptized. And so that's kind of where we're going to turn because, you know, we believed in our church that in order to be saved, you had to be baptized. That was how you're participating in the, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus, right? So, so that's what you had to do, and you would get this feeling that you wanted it. And, you know, for me and most of the kids I knew that were born into it, you get it at like 13 or 14. And the thing that, so I talked about that people were in charge of your salvation. So normally, right, when people have this, this feeling that they want to give their life over to something, if it's a spiritual philosophy or something like that, they just go do it, right? Well, not in our church, because when, when you decided that you wanted to be baptized, you first had to pass some tests, <laughs> and these tests were studies. They were studies. They were studies. Um, I guess you could call them like classes, where you would get with some dudes and you would talk about things. And there were about seven eight seven or eight studies okay and a lot of it was learning you would read parts of the bible and learn kind of different things but a lot of it really was this this like solidifying that you knew that this way was the way and like it was kind of cool as a kid learning this stuff, but then really like, like I didn't get baptized for a long time because what ended up happening is to get to the next study, people had to be like, okay, he's ready. So we'll go on to the next study and then the next study and then the next study. And then if people ever felt that you weren't quote unquote sold out, then you would have to be talking and talking. And there were all these steps that you needed to take and pass. And it was like, really overwhelming to say the least and i i like to think that it was um i think it's blood sport blood sport where he goes to kumite that's right with jean-claude van damme and he goes to become he goes to meet with the guy to to, to become the boxer. Maybe it was kickboxer. God, I'm sorry, guys. I, I love both of those movies. But I sort of compared it to when I started thinking about that. There's that scene when he keeps having to kick the tree and he has to, like, break the tree or something. Like, that's kind of what I felt the whole time. You're just you're just pounding and learning and, and you're like, am I good enough? Did I say things right? Did I do it right? Did I learn enough? And so you're literally, like, in this. And then if you pass all of these tests, then you could get baptized and you're a part of it. So yeah, it's really wild. Um, and so this, there the seven studies, I'll kind of go over them because I, I always, I have a lot of notes in front of me guys and it was just wild. So you, you would have the first, the first study you would do was called the discipleship study. And that basically was to teach you kind of what it meant to be a disciple what it meant to follow Jesus, stuff like that. And there was always this focus of like being a disciple is not a student. You're literally trying to walk in the footsteps of Jesus. And that was usually the easy one. And it was kind of cool to like, I remember as a kid, because I start, I was, yeah, I was like 15 or 16 when I studied first. I studied twice, guys, and I didn't make it the first time. Oof, yeah, that's a whole, that'll be another chapter. But anyway, um, that was a cool one because, you, you know, you're reading these stories and you're learning more. And and I thought it was kind of cool that I always thought – I've always been amazed at people that can leave their life to just go follow a purpose, whether it's like Buddha or like 
going off to a specific like medical school or, or that's I don't mean medical school, but just but just leaving everything to follow this one purpose and drive. I thought is cool. Same thing with like the military to like give yourself away for something. So that part I thought was great. Cool. I'm doing this. Hell yeah. Let's go. So then you would do that. You'd learn about the disciples and Jesus calling them and all that stuff. But then it got to where you got to the word study. That was the second one. And that was the one where you learned that the Bible was the literal word of God. That, that we would use this scripture that all scripture is God breathed. And what that literally we would say is like, it's like the breath of God. And so as this Bible was written, it was literally, they were taken over by the spirit of the Lord and the words that are on the page were that fucking cool, right? That this like entity created this book and it wasn't as wild as somebody looking into a hat and having someone transcribe that. I'm not going to talk about that religion, but but yeah, that, that that feeling of like, oh, what this Bible is like, like written by a spirit by God. What? That's nuts. It's wild. But like, as you get older, you realize, well, what about? You forget that, like, no, really, this 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 can't be. You learn so much more about how the Bible is written. There's the Council of Nicaea. There's a thousand things where you literally can see that. I don't think it was God breathed. Anyway. Those two are kind of like the easy studies. I guess there wasn't a lot that was like there. Um, then you had, after the word, you would have the kingdom study. Now, the kingdom study was kind of like a, another history lesson where you learned about uh, the church, how it was started. Uh, you would learn about the apostles. You'd learn about Paul and Peter and these guys and how they spread the word and the persecution they faced and and things like that. And that was kind of cool, too. I mean, all of it. Like, I'm kind of down. With, I love reading history and stuff like that. And so this was like, oh, these are the... I remember, like, leaving the third study and just being like, oh, this is great. Like, I could do this. Heck, yeah. Let's go. Kingdom study. Cool. Um... And then, and then after that, after those three studies, the discipleship, the word, the kingdom study, I remember doing the study. It was called light and dark, it was a light and dark study. And this one was where you learned that it was to make sure you knew what it meant to be saved and not saved. And that was kind of a scary one because you learned then that if you weren't saved, you're going to burn in hell. So that's when I was like, okay, so this is serious. And I know that I don't want to go to hell and I know I want to be saved. And so let's do that. Cool. I'm into it. And this was another way of like, they would reiterate the idea of being saved is this way, our way, not that way. Like, no, this is how you're saved. And you do it this way. And if you don't do it this way, then... It's all for naught. And that's, that's like, oh, whoa. Like you just, you just start, like I'm saying, like it started easy and now it's getting intense and you're like, okay, well, okay. And I remember thinking like, God, I hope I do it right. And it was even to the point where they were like, when you are baptized, you have to be fully submerged in order to receive the Holy Spirit. And I remember they would always say the example of there was someone who I remember hearing the story that this guy, like his foot wasn't underwater, so he wasn't fully saved and he died in a car crash that night. And I remember being like, what? And them saying like, yeah, it didn't work. He wasn't right. You know, and, you know, we, we hope that God could see that, but you know, this, you know, he wasn't, he didn't do it right. And I mean, like as an adult and those of you that aren't a part of this or never a part of this, you're like, ah, it's fucking bullshit, right? <laughs> like, come on. The almighty creator is not going to let someone into heaven because their toe wasn't under the, you know, fully under the water. But that scared the crap out of me. I was like, I got to make sure. God, I hope 
my dad, when he baptizes me, does it right. Oh, geez. So you had that. And then this is the first of the, I don't know what the word I could describe it. This was the first of like the holy crap, what the fuck studies. And you had a study, it was the sin and repentance study. And so this was the first study where you had homework, okay? Because basically what the point of this study was is you sat around with a bunch of guys. It was guys because, you know, everything was separate between guys and girls in, that, in this church. Um, and what you did is you just talked about all the sins you committed, and you had had to make a plan about how you would repent and atone for it. And so before you started this study, you had to go get a journal and you had to go in Galatians 5.19. This is how they taught me. You go to the scripture called Galatians 5.19. And for those of you that don't know that or not, you know, um, experts on the Bible, that basically it goes the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. And it would go through these specific sins, um, lust, greed, sexual immorality, drunkenness, witchcraft. And they always said witchcraft meant drugs. Um, and so you would put like each, like I remember they told me each page or pages had to have like that sin, that word on it. And you would talk about all the things that you have done. And if you didn't do anything, don't worry about it, but you had to write about it. And then you had to bring that to the study and you basically had to read it. And like that was the, it was the most awkward thing because as a 14 or 15 year old boy, the most I had ever done was just jerked off. So I basically, and they made me talk about the first time I did it, why I do it, stuff like that. Like what gets like the, the type of stuff that I think about, listen to, or watch to jerk off to. <laughs> I'm la yeah. Um, and so like, that's all I, that's all I remember. Ta I did talk about a couple of other things and we'll get to that. Um, but yeah, and I didn't really know a lot of these guys, you know, but, but I had to talk about it and, and I'm a pretty open dude for the most part, but it was fucking embarrassing. You know, you're sitting here and, and I just wondered like, do they talk about me after this and stuff like that? But, but there are a couple of things that happened for me in that, that were, you know, they're wild. I remember, uh, so this thing, um, <laughs> I talked, I talked about, oh, I had to do this twice. Remember this guys. I, let me say this. I did have to do the studies twice because I, I didn't get baptized when I was in high school. I ended up getting baptized in college because I quit. And we'll talk about why. I mean, they didn't think I was ready to be to get baptized. But anyway, that's at the end of this. But yeah, so I had to do this study twice. And luckily, there were different people each time. But the second time I did this, I remember... <laughs> I remember like, yeah, they were like, is there anything else? Are you sure? Cause you know, I'm still a virgin or whatever. And I was like, well, you know, a couple times I've noticed that I've thought that there were a couple dudes that were attractive. And I remember listening and it wasn't like I was like acting on anything or feeling anything really other than it was, I mean, I don't remember what it was, but I was like, oh yeah, it's a handsome dude, whatever. Um, but the look on their faces was hilarious. Cause it was like, oh my God, he's a gay. We're going to have to stop this. And I remember everyone was stumbling over their words. They didn't know what to do with that. And they were like, are you like acting upon it? And they were like, I think I saw one guy sweat a little bit. And I was like, no, nah, I just, you know, I just, this was a, few years ago I don't really think about this stuff or whatever and they I could feel this like this collective sigh like okay oh, good <laughs> far be it for this guy to be <laughs> for be gay and that's when I realized you can do anything in church except be gay 
you could damn near kill a guy and you could come back but be gay in church oh no that's the big thing <laughs> so so anyway that was that was every i always laugh because i i I'll, it's one of those moments in my life that i <laughs> i remember the looks and the feelings and the pressure and like oh sh-, like that that collective oh shit we're gonna have one of these guys that we have to deal with so that was funny and then and so so after you you talked about all your sins or how much you masturbated in your life um then you would have to have a plan for repentance and they would talk about repentance isn't just saying it isn't just feeling you're sorry repentance literally means a 180 degree turn we use literal a lot um literal 180 so like they would say instances where you know if a guy stole money from someone they had to go try to give it back or if they were running from the law they had to bring themselves to jail you know if they were sexually if they were having sex with their girlfriend they needed to stop or break up with the girl um that was another thing too i'm sorry i'm going all over the place guys but i do need to notice if you were dating someone and you both were like we're gonna go to this church now we want to be baptized they would they i remember a few people had to break up because they wanted to make sure that you were sold out and you were doing this for yourself and not your your partner like wild right but anyway like not making this up like this literally like guys i know i'm saying literally but but this is like this was this was what happened this was my norm but anyway so moving backwards going back sorry i'm getting real excited talking about this stuff um so you had to you know so if you were you know sexually immoral or having sex with your your partner you had to stop okay um and so for me i remember there wasn't a lot and you know they just stopped jerking off roy okay i'll do my best um but um but i remember i had told them that that like i had stolen a few things from i worked at a grocery store called Publix, and i had stole like deodorant and toothpaste and a couple other things and so they were like you need to go tell your boss and you need to go tell him that you stole and i was like what so I did. I told my boss I stole. It wasn't like it was a ton. It amounted to like $26. Um, but I had to. And so, yeah, I went and I, uh, I, re- I, I repented and told them that I stole. And, uh, my, you know, my manager was, you know, disappointed to say the least, but they just made me like pay for the stuff. It was pretty cool. I could have lost my job because Publix is intense about those type of things. Um, so yeah, so once you repented and they felt that you were fully repented and you're, 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 you're serious about this, um, then you would move on to the cross study. And so this was where you, the rubber met the road. (laughs) Oh my God. So basically what this study was, was basically they went through the entire account of Jesus dying on the cross, what led him to the cross, all of that stuff. Basically, like I I remember as after the Passion of Christ came out, a lot of times they would just make you sit and watch the Passion of Christ, watch him being hung. You know, you'd learn about like what it meant to be um, hung on the cross all that stuff, uh, where like how he got there, what he was feeling, emotions, and and they were not, they didn't cut corners with the intensity. Like the goal of this was to make you a bawling, sobbing mess. Uh, they would do things like when it would talk about Jesus being flogged, they would be like, he wasn't really just flogged. Like imagine, they would use this phrase like imagine hamburger meat and this was his back because they used this thing called the cat of nine tails and it was a bunch of strips of leather and they would put pieces of metal or or stone or whatever in there and they would just rip apart his flesh rip apart they would use their hand motions to rip apart because it was like they wanted you to viscerally feel this and after they said they would say things like his back was hamburger meat and every time he's flogged he thought about you roy he was thinking about you. 
<laughs> and I remember like, oh my God, like, and he was, every sin you committed, he was thinking about that because, and he was doing this for you. And I remember being like, I remember the first time I did this <laughs> before, the day before, uh, I, had, I had like, you know, I had a picture, I had, I had hidden a picture of, of, um, Tiffany Amber Thiessen, uh, who played Kelly Kapowski on Saved by the Bell, um, in my room. And I remember I, I wasn't really good at repenting of this. And I remember I, I masturbated to that that day. And I remember thinking like, he saw that he knows who Kelly Kapowski is. Like, that's all I could think about. Um, <laughs> And so, like, they would do this, and and the goal of this is to cry. You had to cry. You had to show them that you were broken and that you got it, but you had to cry. Um, and I remember, as I thought back of these studies, I remembered that I had to do this twice, not just two times, like because I wasn't back, like I, I left the church and I came back, but I had to do it twice the first time because I didn't cry. Because, you know, I grew up listening to this. Like, I grew up in this. And so, like, learning about Jesus dying on the cross for you is not new to me. And they didn't think I was broken enough. I remember them telling me that. So I had to stop and make sure, and I had to do the study over again. And I remember this whole time I was like, cry, Roy, cry. Cause this sucks listening to this. <laughs> I don't want to listen to this anymore. So I, I remember, I remember crying, um, the second time. Um, and then when I came back, I cried cause you know, I'll get into the other, in another episode of this, I'll talk about coming back to church. And so there was a very, very f- bigger feeling and emotions that came up during the, at that time. But yeah, I, I remember th- being like, thank God I cried. I don't want to go through this again. So, so that's a cross study. Um, and then you would get to the denominational study. And this is the one that makes me laugh all the time. Because in this study, what you would do is you went through and learned the history of all the denominations of Christianity. Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Lutheran, Episcopalian, Charismatic. We even talked about Rastafarian, Greek Orthodox. So you'd learn about the history, where they come from, where they got their information, like scriptures in the Bible. And then you would talk about why they were all wrong. For example, the speaking in tongues. We talked about how they're wrong because they're misinterpreting this one part in Acts. And so what it meant was, I believe I'm going to get this right. And Bible scholars, I apologize right now. But so the day of Pentecost is when the Holy Spirit came upon the apostles after Jesus died. And so they start to speak to 5,000 people. And all of them were speaking but everyone in the audience could hear what they were saying. And, and they all these people came from, I forget why they were there, but it was like the Feast of the Tabernacle or something, something related where people from all over these countries were coming. And so there's people from different countries with different languages and all that stuff, but all these people could understand them. And so they were speaking in the tongues of all of these people. And so people thought that, so we would learn that these these Pentecostals with the speaking in the tongues, they think that they're being overcome by the Holy Spirit, and they just say gibberish, when really that's not what happened. So you know that's a thing. And then we talk we talked about Rastafarians and why they're they're wrong for smoking weed and getting close to God. Um, so that's you know <laughs> it's just pretty fucked up, right? <laughs> to, to like. To sit through that and to learn, oh, man, yeah, they're wrong. Okay, yeah, that's why they got, you know, and they say we weren't a cult. <laughs> you know? Um, so so that was the nominational study. And, you know, and then you get to the last one, the last study. And 
you've done it. You've made it. And this was usually like the weekend before you were going to get baptized. And so this was when it was the last time where they really were like, is this what you want to do? I want to make sure you were ready. They went through kind of what you learned, what you're feeling, how you're feeling. Do you want to do this? All these things. And then <laughs> after you were like, okay, cool. And they're like, okay, well, here, sign this document for your um, allegiance to the church. No, not allegiance to the church. But basically, I remember signing a document stating how much I'm going to give every Sunday. <laughs> they had to get their money, right? Um, and that was the most important part. Uh, you had to sign that paper. And so if you did that, you signed the paper, they're like cool beans right on, you know, this Sunday you're going to get baptized. Yes. I don't have to do this anymore. I did it. I made it. I'm finally ready to be baptized. And that baptism for me, I remember being so embarrassed that this doesn't really have much to do with, well, I mean, it does have a lot to do with it. But for me, the, the baptism, my baptism was really embarrassing because the guy filled the baptistry too much. And I mean, I'm a, I'm a hefty dude. And I remember I got in the water and my dad was with me. And I, I remember like, you know, everybody's cheering. They're like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. A dad's baptizing his son. This is great. And then I get into the baptistry and the water goes up to the the very edge of the, the baptistry. And I was just like, oh, this is not going to be good. And I remember my, once they dunked me under the water, I mean, water went everywhere. God, that sucked. I remember I heard people go, whoa, in the front row. So... So yeah, that was tough, but I did it. I was baptized and that was great. All the work was over. I received the Holy Spirit and the rest of it was peachy. Yeah, not really. <laughs> because what, what the studies ultimately taught me was that I didn't, I couldn't trust myself couldn't trust myself with my salvation, my love, my thoughts, anything. Because these people controlled whether I could do it or not. These people told me when I was ready. And it wasn't like I was like trying to run a marathon and I had been training and each day I was building the miles. And then they were like, okay, you've done this, you've been running, you're ready to run the marathon. This was these people that were taking something because they were taking something that's incredibly personal. Because for those of you that deal with something like faith or a spiritual conversion or just like this moment of like, this is where I want to do with my life, it's personal. And, and on some level, you should be in charge of that. And they were taking that and it was all based and, and they, they just took that power away from me. And I think that's something that, that I learned, that I didn't have power in that. I couldn't trust myself. And that's incredibly, I didn't realize that it was demoralizing, but it was. Because faith, beliefs, your walk with God, your walk with divine spirit, whatever you call it should be you're calling first and it's okay to have help from people and it's okay to talk to people about it. But if you're dealing with faith, it's your faith, right? It's, it's your, it's your walk with God, your experiences, your ways of seeing. And sometimes you might need some help and that's great. But to have so much control taken from me, only built this uncertainty for any decision I wanted to make in my life. Far be it to, to date someone or to make to, to, to just any, any decision I realized I had to get someone to help me with because I couldn't trust myself because I didn't know it. 
No, these people knew when I was ready because God doesn't like flaky people. <laughs> and, and that's been the hardest thing to really let go of. Um, and I know that it's easy for those of you listening that aren't a part of this to be like, why didn't you just leave? Fuck that. This was my world. I was born into this. I was born. This was how everything in my life was framed through these lenses of this movement. So yeah, I could have left. There were moments. There were so many times I wanted to leave. I thought this is ridiculous. But I knew that the opposite was death. The opposite was hell. The opposite was, was everything I had known going away. And even the second time doing it in my twenties, it's, it's, I mean, there was no way I was going to leave. No way I could let go of this. I couldn't. So, so this, this, this no trust in myself followed me a lot. It followed me. I mean, I was, I was, I didn't believe in myself. Um, and every instance that I thought I could have a thought for myself, I remember just, you know, we had these discipling partners and, you know, you would have these, these leaders that would come and they would just make sure that you knew that like, they would always talk about advice and listening to your elders and they were right and read the Bible. And if you don't get what we're saying, you're probably reading it wrong. And for a person like me, who, you know, born into this, told he, you know, kind of developed this feelings of inadequacy and unworthiness. You know, how, you know, I, I how I was taught or, or maybe, you know, maybe it was just how I viewed it. But, but I mean, I, I listened and I was like, all right, you guys know more than I do. So just tell me what to do, you know? And, and so I think that, you know, when I left the church, finally, this was something that I noticed that I just didn't trust anyone or any system or anything. And I still, you know, I still kind of, there's little whispers of that now. I mean, I've been out of the church for over a decade now. Um, but I really like, you could, you, I remember those first couple of years, you come to me and tell me I got the answers. I'd be like, fuck you, you do. No, you don't. You're not the way. Shut up. I just didn't trust anyone. Um, and I was kind of like, I tell people, I was like, I was like floating in the sea of truth. Like anything that I felt that was right to me, I was right. And if you didn't get it, screw you. And I was very rigid, but I was like floating, but I was rigid. I know that's weird to say. Like I was just gathering all these truths for myself and just being like, I don't care if you don't get it. I don't care. This is mine. And I have it because because I was finally free and you know, I've, I've learned to let go of that and I've learned to sort of trust more in myself and, and be open to people in ways and, and listening more, but it was, it was nuts, you know? And, and I think that unlearning those things was challenging and, and I've done a lot of work now, but I'm on the other side of it. But I mean, it's crazy guys. It's crazy to be put in, something like that and for those of you that have done it I hope as you've been listening to me um, you kind of got a chuckle out of it maybe or I hope if, if there's you know hurt or something I just hope that you know that you're not crazy because I think at the end of the day we have to understand that our faith and our is our faith the truth that we find is our truth and we have to hold on to that we do I mean, we have to have kind of that loose, tight fit, I think. I think that's where it helps because you don't want to become so rigid that everyone else is, is – you can't listen because you need to be open to – I think you need to be open to what life has to offer because, you know, we're constantly growing and changing and moving through life. I mean, I'm learning all sorts of new things, and so, I, you know, I have my core values and beliefs 
and faiths, but I'm also willing to kind of look. And and that's been the most powerful thing. And I hope that as you're listening, that, that, you know, those of you that need it can get to a place. And if you want to, you know, can reach out to me through Instagram or, uh, you know, if you know me, give me a call to kind of talk about, you know, passages, you know, I'm always an ear to listen. Um, because, you know, I think if more of us were to hold on to our faiths and our truths, it just gives us power. And we need more people that, you know, I don't think we're meant to just blindly listen to things. I don't think that if you're, if you're of, if you're, you know, thinking, you know, you want to, you know, get baptized or, or follow Jesus or God, that you can't blindly do it. I think that you need to, to spend time thinking and, and really developing what that is, what that faith means to you. What does this mean? Cause it's ever changing and evolving for me. And I mean, I, I'm sort of amazed that I'm here spending an hour talking to you guys about this. You know, it's, it's a wild thing to be doing, but, but it's fun. It's worth it. So, so that's the end of this chapter. Um, stay tuned. It's not going to be every week. I got a, I got a dad talk coming up next week, you guys, so you can stay tuned for that. Um, I'm going to talk about, I think I'm going to talk about dating next, dating in the church. That's a whole nother animal. So stay tuned for that. Uh, thank you guys for those of you tuning in. Thanks for listening. Um, and you know, thanks for the last three years. It's been wild. It's a journey and I can't wait to see where this, this, new path takes me. So as always, be excellent to each other and we'll talk soon.